All right. Um, let's just do a sound check here. Why don't you say something interesting? Well, it's nice and warm in the studio, and George H.W. is dead. <laughs> All right. And just like that, we are on. Today is Sunday, December 2nd, 2018, and this is your weekend update. What's going on, Ryan? Uh, well, there's a few things. I, um, as I already uh, teased, I don't know if it got recorded or not, but George H.W. Bush is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he died on November 30th. Um... It's been rumored for quite a while because Donald Trump has been releasing um, classified documents related to the Kennedy assassination. Okay. Of what George H.W. Bush has long suspected to have been involved. Yes, indeed. And so people were saying that when George H.W. Bush dies, that Trump may release some of the documents that are believed. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Wow. So yeah, that's so we'll really see. interesting. Yeah. Um, so George H. W. Bush is now being sainted in all the media. Like everyone loves him now. Of course. He's yeah. Dead. yeah. The greatest president of all time, and you can only speak to him about him. And <laughs> strange how that happens, but it does every yeah. time. Yeah. Um, speaking about presidents being worshipped like, um, gods. And saints um, got this guy that uh, in India who's been um, who's, here's from Newsweek. Trump is worshipped as a god by this man, and he's not even a Republican. Uh, <laughs> Bhutan Krishna from Kane Village in Telangana near Hyderabad. For any of those listeners listening near Hyderabad, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> he worships he worships Donald Trump several times a day. And gives offerings to the man he regards as a god. <laughs> yeah, and there's a picture of this guy, and he's um, he's got like one of those like quintessential Hindu altars with all the candles, it's gold and lots of stuff. And in the middle of it, it's just a picture of like Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Did this guy? Uh, is he just trying to get on the news or what? No, uh, apparently, like, this guy's been doing this for a long time, and then someone, um, you know, reported it. So it's nothing new. Like, this guy was worshipping Donald Trump since before he was president. Wow, that's what I was just going to ask. Holy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This guy's 31 years old, and he's been been worshipping Donald Trump for over three years. (laughs) Shorter show today, so it might feel like I'm going rapid. Uh, um, 
It's the first Sunday in Advent, so it's Christmas tree time. Yes, it is indeed. Yeah. Very so, important. Very important. All right. Um, continuing with Donald Trump. Uh, Trump, well, not Trump, the U.S. and Canada have, like, and Mexico have come um, to a deal uh, to replace NAFTA. Really? Um, it's called uh, the USMCA, which I believe it just stands for United States, Mexico, Canada. Um, and so the Democratic Congress, I guess, is like being like, you know, we're going to stop this. You know, NAFTA is the best, mm -hmm. which is very strange because um, as a backstory for my character, <laughs> I was like a diehard socialist back in the day when I was younger. Yep. And uh, we were all against NAFTA back then. Like, that was a left-wing issue. Democratic Party, the NDP here in Canada, the new Democratic Party. Yes. We were all against NAFTA. That was like the great Satan. Yep. Now that Trump, and I've noticed this since only 2016, Trump has come out against NAFTA saying I'm going to scrap it and get rid of it because it's bad for workers. And now the left is all like, no, we want NAFTA. <laughs> Very strange. How's that split? I have I'm of the opinion that it's not because they hate Trump. Um, I think I think it just comes down to people hate change in general. You know what I mean? So like, no matter who would come out and say now that NAFTA is terrible, they would be like, no, NAFTA is the best. Even when when it came in, everyone was this is stupid. No one wants NAFTA. It's just because you're going from one thing to a new reality, and they don't people don't like change. You know what I mean? It's just really ironic. It's ironic that it can work on both sides of the same issue. It's like we don't have it, and now we bring in NAFTA. We, everyone hates it. We have NAFTA for twenty, thirty years, and now we talk about getting rid of it. Now everyone hates it. Hates getting rid of it. So it's just funny. Well, um, with uh, uh, the Democratic Congress saying they're going to like block this or whatever, or they're not going to approve the deal. Donald Trump's now saying that uh, he's going to terminate um, NAFTA unilaterally through executive order. Really? So then the Congress will have a choice to either approve the USMCA or go to pre-NAFTA. Um, and then he adds, Trump added, which worked very well. So my thing is, like, if pre-NAFTA worked well, Donald... Why not just scrap NAFTA and not do this UMCA deal? Yeah, exactly. Like I've, admitted, I've admittedly not read either of these deals, but I just, all over the world, they make these big trade deals, and they never really seem to work out well for the average guy. Mm -hmm. So, I see what you're I don't saying. Know, probably just, yeah, it's probably just NAFTA under a different name. <laughs> just, you know? just tweaked to make it even better for yeah. the U.S. Yeah, slightly, I guess so, yeah. Um, All right, so what else you got? Re um, Trudeau is at some, he's uh, currently at a, a meeting, um, and he's been uh, criticizing the crown prince of... Uh, Saudi Arabia, um, Mohammed bin Salman. Remember, he's the dude that the CIA said killed that uh, Khashoggi character? Oh, yeah, right. Well, apparently he's also holding, like, 
some women's rights activist, Samar Badawi, uh, hostage or something. So Canada is like, you know, doing this moral grandstanding thing. And last time that this happened, um, Canada uh, was shocked by the severity of the um, Saudi response that uh, um, they uh, expelled Canada's ambassador last time. They suspended direct flights between the two countries. Mm-hmm. They ordered thousands of Saudi students and medical residents to leave Canada, which actually really hurt our medical system because we had a lot of, like, Saudi doctors, apparently. Okay. Which is really, yeah, very interesting. Um, uh, Saudi Arabia also ordered brokers who buy grains for the kingdom to stop all purchases of Canadian wheat and barley. Um, and it even told Saudi nationals receiving treatment in Canadian hospitals that they had to pack their bags and seek treatment elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just over, like, saying, and I'm sure she's being abused or whatever. Like, there's no freedom of speech. They're just our dictators. So this is more of, um, you know, Trudeau kind of go through. He, at home, he plays this I'm against Trump uh, game, but... As always, Canada just toes the American foreign policy. So now I guess it's criticized the Saudis as if we didn't know for years that these guys are thugs, basically. Mm-hmm. But hmm. whatever. Although Trudeau did stop short of uh, saying we're not going to sell them weapons anymore or armored vehicles. Ah. So it's always like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to stand on this soapbox. Yeah. But, you know. The second you decide to pull your fucking contract, I'm going to acquiesce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All righty. So, um, fucking Trudeau. Yeah. Just, I'm no fan. I just had to squeeze like, that in there. Yeah. I, I, like, this guy's a complete joke, um, but he's goofy. And when people talk about, like, oh, he's better than the conservative... What are you talking about? Andrew Sear, the conservative leader, and Justin Trudeau, the liberal leader. Let's take a look at this illusion of choice just for a second here. They're both critical of Trump's nationalism. They both come out in favor of keeping the dairy supply management system in place. Mm -hmm. They both um, believe that uh, Canada should be sending troops overseas. They both want to increase gun control. Um, where's this difference? <laughs> the illusion, you know, the like, illusion of choice. All these, all these like hardcore people who are going to vote Andrew Scheer and are shocked and appalled by Justin. It's like really, they're the same person. Yeah, they got the same agenda. Huh. <laughs> um, speaking of agendas, um. PETA demands ancient French village changes street name to of Sausage Street to be more vegan friendly. <laughs> maybe they'll maybe they'll call it like Soyburger Street or something. How did you just call this? The group has officially requested that the town's mayor step in and rename uh it's now Rue de la Saucisse. I not French means sausage street in English. They want to change it to Rue de la Soisis, which would be 
awesome. I love it. <laughs> Who the hell do you think you are? Oh, fucking PETA. The but... best part about it is, like, the town, I guess, is, isn't is named after the food sausage. <laughs> the town is named after a famous Reddit re- resident a long time ago, uh, an old woman who was kind of stooped over, you know? She had a bad back in her old age. Okay. And um, she was a big part of the town, and her nickname was Sausage. Oh, okay. And it's a friendly nickname that she enjoyed because she was, like, stooped over in the shape of a sausage. Yep. And so the town street got named after this old lady, mm. not after this food. Okay. So they're offended by, like... <laughs> They don't even take the time to even look into stuff. They just walk around and say, oh, a sausage street. That's offensive. But they didn't even take two seconds. Because I'm sure you could have asked the residents. not that big of a town. Yeah. Uh, now, but, now uh, is there a reason why the wrath of PETA would come down so hard on this one random town in France? No, it's just what they do. Because also in the article, they mentioned this three days prior to this happening. Mm-hmm. A UK, <clears throat> sorry, a UK town named Wool, W-O-O-L, was a similar request to change their name to Vegan Wool. The whole town is to change. And the, and, <laughs> and the request said it was because it would be an act of kindness towards their sheep. Aw, isn't that sweet? Vegan Wool. Vegan Wool. What the hell is vegan wool? <laughs> what is vegan wool? <laughs> Look that you shit know up. What? It's time to consult Wikipedia. Ah. I'm typing in right now. All right. Vegan wool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. You got Wi-Fi out in the studio? Yeah, uh, I'm just cruising my data. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, all I can find for vegan wool is uh, um, wool in Dorset, England. Mm-hmm. Like vegan wool, it's come up now, it's part of their uh, Wikipedia page. And uh, veganism, it just says they, they refrain from using leather or wool. Okay. I don't think vegan wool is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Vegan wool is so, cotton. I guess so. Yeah, figured I it out. So. There you go. Oh, jeez. What are they doing? <laughs> um, from one agenda to another, here's a globalist lead agenda if you had ever heard one. All right. You hear about gene editing? Nope. This is where they edit your genes, like, when you're, like, in utero as a baby, and they can, like, birth, like, genetically altered, per- more perfect humans. Okay. And this came to prominence because uh, it's kind of been a big no-no in, like, the Western world and in the Arab world, all the scientists and stuff working, like, no one's really... But, uh... Whoa! Dance party! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Uh-oh. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm uh, downloading some um, 
screen recording software and I was just that's what all the clicks are in the background and I was trying to install a patch <laughs> and it came up with oh. the, it came up with a kung fu panda <laughs> oh picture, okay and dance music so there nice now our show has I music love... that this is good this is a good thing that's uh that's our new that's that's gonna be our new lead in music for our gene editing <laughs> uh, segment <laughs> well go. it came to Providence because you know the Chinese the Chinese with their science and stuff and yeah. like bending breaking barriers they literally do not give a shit what the rest of the world says so they've actually done this or at least claim they've done this and have birthed babies now what? that are um uh, like cystic fibrosis, cancer, and like HIV, like resistant. No way. Yeah. So okay, this is what's gonna happen, folks. They're literally birthing the soldiers that are gonna come and kill us in twenty years. Yes. Precisely. They're gonna be super, super soldiers. Precisely. Like uh, that old, what is that old Van Damme movie or whatever, The Ultimate Soldier or something. Yes, but uh, um. There's a movie from the 90s called Gattaca. Did you ever see that? Oh, yes, I did, yes. That's what this is. This is Gattaca. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. we're done. Where, like, the normals are, like, scum. Yep. Is that the one? And you can only get, like, awesome jobs if you've been, like, genetically altered for it or whatever? That's right. And um, there's, there's a central database in that movie where, let's say, um, you're trying to find someone to get married with. Um, you could you would go there and you would you would get a copy of that person's genetic profile and you would see how compatible they are in your opinion you know what I mean because like if they've been altered then they're they're gonna live longer they're smarter whatever right so it was all controlled by the government uh, really interesting like fantastic movie very predictive so, <laughs> as yeah, it turns out predictive or planted. Mmm. Now you're on to something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe I'll do a few segments on the Lear Foundation. What's that? In the future. The Lear Foundation is like a far left um um organization that like offers up scripts to like television shows and movies and you'd be shocked some of the television shows that this place has written scripts for mm -hmm. and it's literally to their mission is to place um you know like political uh um tidbits into people's minds you know to, to propagandize them in a certain direction to the far left okay uh, yeah, Norman Lear set it up, the Lear Foundation. We'll get into that later. I've got nothing on that. <laughs> and, uh, this is a lightning show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, gene editing. Wow. And, you know, you talk about that kind of stuff, people are going to think you're a little bit uh, crazy. Mm -hmm. And speaking of crazy is when you're crazy, people don't want to listen to what you say, right? Correct. Whatever you say immediately becomes suspect because, you know, ah, this is a crazy person. Mm -hmm. From CBC News, the psychology of climate change, why people deny the evidence. Mm. This is a whole article that basically goes on. Um, it's like an article slash uh, interview piece with... Uh, 
Michael Ranney, a professor of education uh, at the University of California, Berkeley's Department of Psychology. So this is a person who talk about climate change, okay? Yeah. Basically, what they're going on and on and on and on about is that uh, um, people who uh, maybe don't believe in climate change, and when they say that, I've actually encountered very few people who don't believe in climate change. Mm-hmm. I found that the people who are accused of not believing in climate change are generally of the opinion that, you know, these government programs, carbon taxes and things like that, aren't going to work to do anything. Yeah. And those people are just, like, lumped in. And those are the overwhelming majority of people who are like, okay, uh, climate change, whatever. They're not saying climate change does not exist. Because climate change is literally foundational of this planet. Our planet wouldn't exist, would have died off long ago if our climate never changed. Yeah. Climate change has been going on for like Forever. four billion years since yeah. weather. Yeah. You know? Um but uh so now they're just saying basically to make this long article very short is oh no, these people have just been like manufactured into like believing that uh, none of this is real because of the fake news on the internet. <laughs> so now you can just say, oh, that person doesn't believe in climate change. That's a psychological issue. Uh, you, know, mm-hmm. you're, you can just dismiss anyone who says, you know what, I don't want to pay these carbon taxes as, oh, this person could be mentally ill. Yep. Oh, they're a little bit crazy. Mm. You can't listen to them. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> Here's a article I picked up to kind of make you laugh a little bit. <laughs> this is from CNN. Okay. Girl called ABCD off by Southwest Airlines staff. Her name is spelled ABCDE, <laughs> but it's pronounced AB and then the C in the middle and then the DE together. So ABCD. <laughs> Is the girl's name? Her, yeah. Okay. So this woman was going to the Southwest Airlines, um, and her the staff read her five-year-old daughter's identification, and one of them like laughed and like, you know, nudged the person beside them and kind of like pointed at them and uh, was like, "Yo, look at this." Yeah. And now this is like a national outrage. <laughs> You know what? I'm sorry. There's a point when, like, if you name your kid A, B, C, D, E, you're going to get questions. <laughs> you're going to get people that are like, that's a goofy name. <laughs> All three of my kids kind of have strange, unusual names, and so I'm always getting asked about them. Like, can you imagine just being offended if people are like, whoa, those are strange names. I've heard that lots of times. I smell a human rights tribunal. I uh, Mm. I'm telling you, Southwest Airlines are lucky they're in the United States. If they were in Ontario, this would be a human rights. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Strange times. Yeah. A B C D E. A B C D E, and uh, like you think, man, like that's got to be the only person named A B C D E. But it isn't. In the United States, there are over 300 people named A, B, C, D, E. Fuck right off. Nope. Th- that's fake news. Come on. That's, 
Come on. <laughs> ABCDE is growing in popularity, man. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> We're living in idiocracy. <laughs> so you'd, you'd have a really unique name, then, if you added an F? Would that be fair to say? Yes. <laughs> okay. There's only there's only a hundred people named A B C D E F. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, uh -huh. Okay. Do you remember where you were on November eleventh? Uh, no. You and I were together. We hung out all day on November 11th. We went to a football game. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And it's rumored we might have had a couple beers. So okay. that would explain why we did not feel this weird seismic event, which shook the whole world for 20 minutes. What? And has baffled scientists ever since. It happened on November 11th. The news is just kind of coming out now. And How is the news just coming out now? Well, it's just coming out now. Like, you know, it's a filter through the science uh, community. I, I don't know, man. I'm podcasting from a shed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, what I mean is, like, like the UFO stuff comes out right away, but a worldwide earthquake takes three weeks to filter through the news system. How is that possible? I don't know. It's It's what's important. There's too much stuff about, you know... Prince Harry, or, you know, Donald Trump's tweets, or what Melania Trump's wearing, or what Donald, or what uh, so may, haircut Justin Trudeau has. Maybe it was reported on, it just didn't get picked up. May, yeah. Like, maybe it's not a cover-up. Maybe it's not a cover-up, but uh, it's, hmm. it's very strange. I don't know. I don't know, but... Uh, they're saying this seismic event... Uh, occurred about 15 miles off of a French island that's near Madagascar, Mayotte. Okay. Uh, the seismic waves from this event traveled as far as Chile, New Zealand, Canada, and the United States of Hawaii. And um, that usually happens like uh, after a major earthquake that triggers a tsunami. There's like a big wave that goes around the whole world. Yeah. But nothing, no such event happened. Hmm. And uh, um, they're all like, this is very strange. They're trying to explain it. They have no idea. But uh, eventually, it made the entire world shake in a way that, since they've had these instruments, they've never seen it before. Now, um, now this seismic event, is this something that was only detectable by these machines? The, these Yes. Okay, so Not a single human person on the planet is reported to have felt it. Okay. Hey, hang on here. I got to I got to deal with Mickey. Give me a second. <laughs> well, I think I can continue talking. The um um earthquakes went around the entire world. Uh it was a uh, monochromatic tone, which is completely different than the noisy waves that are emitted by standard earthquakes. Um, 
returning to here and coming back. Um, there's a few theories about it. Um, but right. uh, I'm back. Wait, have you been talking right. this whole time? A little bit, yeah. I've been doing a terrible job on my own. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> what were you talking about? I was explaining the earthquakes and oh, stuff. Okay. So what they are. So what I've been saying was uh, there's a few theories that, like, they could say it could have been a big earthquake, but there's no little earthquake. And one guy came up with maybe it was what they call like a seismic swarm, which is a whole bunch of little earthquakes, but none registered or any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's interesting about this thing is that it's one long monochromatic signal with like 17 second period bursts repeated over and over again for 20 minutes. Okay. Which is nothing they've never had occur in nature before. This is, this is alien technology. This is the thing, man. This 100%. is where... 100%. Um, because, you know, we've been reaching up under the top shelf for a few weeks now, yep. getting into this stuff, so some unsavory characters have uh, overheard our conversations about UFOs and have invited us out to the back room. Yeah. And since we're foolish, we followed them, introducing a new segment on the show called The Back Room. <laughs> Where I will backload the entire half of the episode with weird news. All right, let's this do it. This is one of them. All right. So a normal earthquake and seismic activity, you know, if you're picturing that thing with the needle going up and down, you know? Yes. It's really rough and crazy. This yes. looks like an audio signal. Like, it's very <clears throat> muted. It's not crazy. There's not a lot of, like, ink being used, but it's big, long rumbles, and it repeats itself, and it's one monochromatic tone. Wow. For 20 minutes, the entire Earth did that. Never happened before. And they've had these, this equipment for a very long time. Mm. Like, the U.S. Geological, like, society has been doing stuff like this since, like, the turn of, like, the 20th or 19th century. Okay. Like, the turn of the 19th century, in the late 1890s. Really? So have, yeah, we have a really long you know, history of data on all this stuff, and it's crazy. So, so how, yeah. Well, so then back to my question, like, why is this not page one news? Because they're trying to bury all that stuff. Maybe a few weeks ago, that uh, big alien ship that flew by the Earth ah. turned on something that was buried long ago near the Earth's core. Ooh. Uh, you never know. Mm. You never know. This is all speculation. All speculation, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Worldwide quake. Yeah, that is weird. But it's continued. Since then, oh. uh, there, there has been a 7.0 magnitude earthquake right off the coast of Alaska that's affected Canada, but mostly Alaska. Okay, I heard about that. Anchorage, yeah, Anchorage has smashed up roads, cars fallen into pits. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. And uh, since then, they've had over a thousand aftershocks. Hmm. And there's been some crazy stuff. There's certainly that that worldwide rumble. I like. I have just this feeling that's something big is coming, man. Mm-hmm. Something really big. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Now the location of it is the weirdest thing. Like, is, is that along a fault line? Or, like. You said off the coast of Madagascar? 
Yeah. Is that a, an area known for seismic activity? I've never heard of anything there. Or do you know? Um, I, I, I don't know, but, uh, um, I'm not sure, like, uh, where the fault lines are. Like, I can imagine if it's off the coast of Madagascar, wouldn't, like, some sort of activity have occurred to, uh, um, separate Madagascar from Africa? So there could be a fault line in between the two of those. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it, it occurred off the course of Madagascar, oh, right? And Madagascar, yeah. Madagascar at some point had separated from Africa, I would think there would be, hmm. and, um, all right, I'm going to, I want to look into that. I want to know if there's uh, known fault lines there or if there's previous activity. Cause that's really interesting. Yes. Well, um, I'm looking at a digital tectonic activity map of the earth okay. right now in our modern system here. And, uh, yeah, there's no big tectonic plate lines, mm -hmm. it, but you know what? Um, there's five big dots of earthquake activity right there on Madagascar, two in between Madagascar and Africa, two to the north of Madagascar, and one to the east of Madagascar, okay. and also to the East of Madagascar is where the Indian plate meets the Somalia plate. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, mm. yeah. There is definite known earthquake activity in Madagascar. And then yeah. right on the coast of Africa, across from Madagascar, tons of activity. Tons. Mm. But just... this thing, like, that's where it was first detected, but it kind of it went over the whole world. Like, yeah. I wonder what's going down. Because the Antarctic plate, which runs along there too, because the Antarctic plate runs along the Somali plate, the India plate, the whole Africa plate, and the Pacific plate, and the Pacific plate hits up against Alaska and along the entire coast of British Columbia, which was also hit. So if the Africa plate is shifting somewhere, it could put pressure on the Antarctic plate, which would go around the entire world. Like, that thing covers the whole world. It touches everything. Mm. It's huge. Wow. I am not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> but, mm. no, that's just, I just have a feeling. Something, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, some big disaster, maybe, or something. I don't know. Mm. So. The big one. Yeah, the big one that they always talk about, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Uh, <clears throat> now, now I, I just pulled up a, a thing here. Uh, it's on Glo Global News here. Um, it said, should volcanic activity be confirmed near Mayotte, that's this island, it says, then this would be the first to hit the area in over 4,000 years. Wow. Yeah, that's... That's certainly uh, hmm. something new. These things are always happening. The Earth is alive, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, huh. I hope no one ends up like those poor bastards in Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
What a crazy story that is. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, All right. Going to hit on some UFO stuff from yes. Australia. Awesome. All right. Now, there's a, apparently a very famous UFO incident in Australia, and it's still to the biggest mass sighting of a UFO. Um, to date okay. in Australia, and it happened on April 6, 1966. Over 300 students and some staff from a school, high school, witnessed a UFO flying silently in the sky before disappearing behind some trees. Mm-hmm. And there was a big government cover up, and so a lot of stuff got silenced. But, uh, a fellow named Andrew Greenwood was a teacher at the high school at the time and was w- one of the only adults that spoken about his experience. Yeah. And uh, it was all hushed up and quiet and stuff. And the tapes of the interview they thought were all destroyed and all these things. There was only one interview ever done. Um, some, like, you know, I don't know, anonymous dude or whatever on the interwebs posted this audio, long-lost audio, because mm-hmm. um, this event was, you know, 52 years ago. Um, this long-lost audio, he posted it on YouTube and then sent it to um, this Australian uh, news agency. Mm-hmm. So they're reporting on it, and so far, like, they've this uh, Australian news has had, like, tests done on the tapes, and so far the tapes seem to be authentic. Mm-hmm. They can't, like, you know, authenticate for a fact that this guy's voice and who's on there, but they can authenticate that this is a, a digital copy of, like, you know, it's not a fake, phonied-up digital copy. Yeah. And some of the transcripts of the partial, sorry, partial transcripts had survived to today from mm-hmm. the, the government, you know, quashing the whole thing. Yeah. And um, the words in the interview match up to that in kind of, like, fill it out and so they believe it's authentic and so some of the stuff this guy talks about is pretty crazy okay yeah. so i'm gonna said i observed the object everyone was looking at it was gray against a blue gray sky so i didn't see it immediately the only thing i've got to compare it against is some smaller size cessna aircraft mm-hmm. and it was approximately two-thirds the length of one of those it was hard to make out the exact shape, but the best way you could describe it was a big plate with a bulge in the middle. Mm-hmm. The object moved in a very strange way, and it was a lot faster than any other aircraft he had ever seen. It did hover at times. It seemed to be able to accelerate and disappear out of sight, and then someone would see it over in another part of the sky. It moved a considerable distance away very rapidly and then moved back again. At one point, the object moved towards the crowd, but it moved in such a way that it was impossible to know it was moving until it was right in front of them. It came towards us. Not that we could see it actually coming towards us, but we could see that it was closer now than it was before. It would go up and down, and it could move slowly, but it generally seemed to hover or move really fast. The sudden appearance of a light plane made the encounter even more bizarre. Mr. Greenwood noted, The UFO seemed to be playing some sort of game with the planes. The plane approached it and then tried to move around it, and the UFO moved over to another part of the sky very rapidly. 
the plane followed it over, and it moved back again. It seemed to be playing cat and mouse with the plane. More planes started to arrive. And by the end, Mr. Greenwood said there were about five planes in the sky with the object chasing the object around. Military planes. Well, he says they were just small aircraft. So he doesn't say military planes. He says small aircraft. So hmm. I don't know. Could that be like signal engine Cessnas or a small little jet? I, I'm not sure. Hmm. But um, five of them were chasing this thing around. He said it went on for about 25 minutes, and then suddenly it, and it just disappeared. It just vanished. It did one of its accelerations, and then no one could pick it up again. It was gone. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and so there's been a big mystery about this in Australia ever since, and this is kind of like reheat up Australia, because who are the five pilots? No one's ever found them. No one's ever done anything. Multiple mm-hmm. adults, 300 teenagers... In broad daylight. Hmm. And it was all covered up. They, uh, uh, residents of this small town had said that at the time, uh, a bunch of men with uh, black suits and black glasses, like they said, they see in the movies, all showed up on the town and told everyone to keep quiet about it and not to report anything. Really? Yeah, and anything that was reported, residents said, was destroyed, like this interview. Wow. But crazy, eh? That's crazy. So like I said, it's old news, but... And speaking of more stuff coming out, um, military report. UFOs may have attempted rendezvous with giant undersea object. Where is this coming from? The United States. Okay. A United States military report. Classified. From what, from, from uh, what year? <laughs> from what year? Yeah. 14 years ago in 2004. Ooh, this is juicy. All right. Yeah. Um, remember I told you, I think it might have been on the first or second show, that this AATIP or whatever it is that got declassified, now the people know what to look for. Right. They're going to start declassifying a whole bunch of this stuff. Yeah. We're going to have, this is going to be a juicy year or two of UFO stuff. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> So this one, the, the, the incident has been called by the military the Tic Tac UFO. It was so named because it was a fast-moving white object that resembled one of the mints. So that kind of gives it a shape, like a little pill-shaped white object, I guess. Yeah. Um, he said that uh, um, it details multiple interactions with what the military calls anomalous aerial vehicles. Anonymous aerial vehicles, is that a new term for UFO, or what is that? That's, that's the, the term, for I guess, for UFOs that the military uses. Anomalous oh, okay. aerial vehicles. AAVs, A-A-V. right. That's yeah. good to know. Okay. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, so this isn't just one sighting. They had repeated sightings of this thing and its activity over two weeks in 2004. The report discussed high-speed and advanced cloaking capabilities that allowed the AAVs to evade observation and detection. Get this, dude. The Mm. AAV would descend very rapidly from approximately 60,000 feet down to approximately 50 feet. 50 feet. In a matter of 
in a matter of seconds. Holy shit. You're a climber. You know how high <laughs> 50 feet is. Yeah. Now imagine 60,000 feet. 60,000 feet to 50 feet in seconds. In seconds. This is a military report from the United States Navy people. Mm-hmm. So these Why are. Why the hell is this not front page news? These are visual observations then? Over two weeks, visual equipment observations, they sent. Like, this is like a Navy flotilla observing this. Yeah. And reporting it. The disturbance appeared to be 50 to 100 meters in diameter and close to round. It was the only area and type of. Or, sorry. Pilots indicated that it may have been something in the water as well. One pilot detailed the disturbance the size of a football field. This disturbance appeared to be 50 to 100 meters in diameter and mm. close to round. It was the only area and type of white water activity that, could, or activity that could be seen and reminded him of images of something rapidly submerging from the surface, like a submarine or a ship sinking. Ooh. The, the disturbed area also resembled shoal water which is like a shoal is like a barely submerged yes. Uh, reef. Yes. So like, you know, the water is like kind of white cappy as it hits it. Right. Um, but as the pilot flew away, he could see that the disturbance had cleared and the seas calmed. Although he never made visual contact with whatever caused the disturbance, the report stated that it may have been caused by the AEV, which was unseen due to cloaking or invisible to the human eye. Another pilot, yeah, this is crazy. Another pilot described a disturbance beneath the water of an AAV that looked like the frothy waves and foam, almost as if the water was boiling. A submarine that was in the vicinity, like I said, they went to check this out with a whole bunch of equipment. Yeah. A submarine in the vicinity did not detect anything unusual underwater. If an object was indeed in the Pacific Ocean, it would represent a highly advanced capability given the advanced capability of our sensors. Hmm. One Air Corps crew reported the events received a high level of ridicule about the incident. That you know, so he's been kind of ridiculed by people because yeah. he's reported, but yeah. it stands by him. Um, but uh, it was um, that's that's a crazy report. That's a lot of witnesses to this. Um, <clears throat> then it has a. Uh, uh, Louis Elizondo, he was a former military intelligence official who led the program that we're talking about, uh, indicated that there was far more information that the public has not yet seen. Really? And the direct quote is, my personal belief is that there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> huh. This is freaky. This is you know, like, uh, I think I said this before, but uh, I think UFO news is like a bazillion times more interesting to me than Trump and Trudeau. Well, that's what's good about to say. Like, who gets <laughs> that report and says, you know what, let's bury that. Yeah. Let, let's report on, like, what high heels Melania Trump is wearing. On yes. The yes. Politics. That's what really matters. Politics. Well, I think it was last week. Last week's show, when I talked about how every major news media organization was having like slow motion breakdown, like a sports channel, yes, on whether or not Jim Acosta from CNN had brushed this young woman's elbow, right? Yep, 
like literally they were zooming in they were slowing it down these guys were like frame by frame like four grown people were breaking this down mm-hmm. and i'm like nobody died like who cares like have you ever accidentally bumped someone before like this is so childish <laughs> those, those hours hours of expensive ass television time was dedicated to that mm-hmm. but you know the former head of a top secret, not even top secret, not even talked about program. Um, my personal belief is that there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone, you know, mm-hmm. in quotations, the universe. Mm-hmm. They're like, nah, nah. No one wants to know that. You know, Kim Kardashian is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's insane. Where do you get this, uh, this information from? Where do you find this? Uh, that one was on, uh, Huffington Post of all places. Oh, okay. Yep. Hmm. But, uh, weird seismic news, that was from RT. Okay. For all the fact checkers who listen to this show? Yeah, I guess I should have said that. (laughs) All right, well, uh, okay, that's, uh, that's big news. That's really big news. Yeah. That's crazy. These UFO sightings and people just scoff at them. And honestly, how often do you really look in in the sky? Like, mm-hmm. one of these could have zoomed over my head. And I could have totally missed it. Mm-hmm. But hmm. there's a, I think, amongst the general po- public, there's this belief that these ufo and alien and strange happening reports are like just you know some crazy person with an overactive imagination but a lot of times it's you know qualified individuals who know what they're supposed to be seeing yeah um oftentimes it's backed up or corroborated by instruments detecting these things mm-hmm. that are inexplicable like, how many instruments do you think were on these naval boats? These, yeah. Like, when the U.S. Navy sends a fucking spy plane, like, that's, if they can't pick it up, there's nothing on Earth that can pick up what's happening. Yeah. That's, that do, represents our most advanced human technology. Does it say where this occurred in the ocean? Oh, um, I've already closed the article. Oh, I don't know okay. it's on my phone. Okay, yeah. it's all right. Wow. No, I should have. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, that's wow. Um, getting back one second, uh, you mentioned the Men in Black in Australia. Yes. Um, do you remember? Did it say how long it took them took them to get there? Oh, they said that they descended upon it immediately. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some of the old time residents from still living in this town from fifty years ago. Yeah. Yeah, like they were there. They they were there to interview the people at the school. Wow. And you know what? I think like he's just says small planes. Uh, I think those were military jets interception. Interception. Well, they, yeah, like what? There's no chance that five random planes would show up in the same area of the sky. Yeah. That, that fast. So, so yeah. So they were they were on the ground driving to this place like as they were sitting yeah. out. They were out on like the basketball court, yeah, uh, looking up in the sky. The whole everyone in the school. Mm-hmm. The the guy who was giving the interview said, and I did cut this part because I went 
wasn't relevant, that he was actually inside, and one girl came running in, and he was like, there's a UFO inside the UFO, come on, see, and he looked at her. Hmm. But then he followed her anyways, because, uh, and then, you know, he saw this thing. This Five is, planes. Yeah. This is, um, this is really interesting, because uh, you uncovered this alternate um acronym that that the military uses they don't use the term ufo they use what aav you said aav aav so now it's just a different way of searching for this material online it's true looking up looking up aav instead of ufo aav who knows who knows what you can find um uh in britain uh, a couple shows ago, they they had their own acronym. I forget what that one is. So oh, really? So there's other... the British. We had a report from the British military, and they had a different acronym for uh, oh, for, so, for the same phenomenon. So I, I want to start compiling all the different uh, names of UFOs. So it's just to make it uh, give me more more weapons in my arsenal to uh, to search and try and find stories. Yeah, I've been trying to. I've been trying to find like um, reports on other things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in that realm. But UFO seems there's a lot of UFO stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. So, Two thousand four U.S. USS Nimitz, the Pentagon yeah. released new documents about the Tic Tac UFO. It was obvious there was something out there, and the fighters were taking it seriously. Hmm. Oh, they have an image. Hold on. Oh, wow. Hold on. I have really, really terrible Hold inter- internet. Hold on. Set up a... Yeah, I, uh... I have more terrible internet than you. <laughs> <laughs> although, although, oh, 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 I'm committed to getting some internet soon, so... Yeah, like you're the guy. I like I used yeah, I, I, I used to make fun of like people who've never watched Star Wars, but like the fact that it's 2018, almost 2019 and you don't have home internet. Like, yes, like that's you right. you're going to help guy. me on the show. I am. Like, you you are the, the guy. Show. Like who in North America doesn't have internet? Oh, yeah, there's this guy in Ontario, right? I'm getting the internet, and I'm bringing in a show. I got a whole bunch of new equipment. Nice. Well, I haven't got it yet. Thank you, Canada Post, and your your labor delay. Fucking Canada Post, man. It's supposed to be November 30th, <sighs> two days shipping, and yeah. now they're saying it's going to come sometime between December 1st and December 11th. For two days shipping. Oh, From Amazon. Yeah. See, like, why the fuck can Amazon not just switch over? There's all these other carriers. We already have all of the infrastructure to deliver packages without Canada Post. Like, why is this even making a difference? I want I want Amazon to bring to Canada what they're piloting in uh, California. What's that? Whereas you buy a van off of Amazon. A van? It's an Amazon van. Yep. Okay. Van. And it's an Amazon uh, delivery van, and you get a delivery area, oh. and um, 
yeah, you pay them back for the van. And uh, once the van's paid off, you know, you have the route and stuff, and you do all the delivery packages within that area. Huh. And I've been hoping they do that, and I would try to jump on to be their delivery guy in a certain area. Hmm. There's some crazy, apparently it's been really successful, like. Sweet. Yeah, so what they do is they'll just, they run up and down the highways with big trucks of packages. They've gone completely outside of other delivery package systems. Mm -hmm. And so this thing starts off at central areas, and these people pick up their packages, load up their van, and then they go deliver door-to-door themselves right from, so it's like uh, independent contractors. And so um, there's a couple people who have already, like, bought multiple routes and just hired drivers to drive their vans. Well, obviously. Yeah, that's what you do. (laughs) That's what I want Amazon to do here, man. Yeah, wow. You won't have to worry about this. but Hmm. So the good news is is I think I'll have my own podcast sooner than January. Nice. Assuming the government uh, postal system goes up. Mm -hmm. But... I wasn't intending on purchasing this stuff until after Christmas, mm-hmm. but I just got like a crazy, I've ever been on Cyber Monday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Cyber Monday, yeah, it's kind of like this Black Friday for online deals. Yeah. And Amazon has these things where there's lightning uh, lightning deals, so they'll be on for like a couple hours or whatever, but they're really cheap. Hmm. Oh. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so that'll be up and going sooner than rather than later, and I might be able to, because we've talked about having a couple, um, like maybe special in-depth information episodes. Yep. Yep. Um. So maybe cool. I can rec- record a couple of those as a way to kind of get my settings set up and ready for my show. Yeah, for you sure. Know? have some material to practice on and then I can release them on here as kind of uh, I'll delve deeper into a couple topics like maybe I'll make the Lear Foundation uh, mm. uh, yeah for sure right now I'll state it right here stay tuned for a Lear Foundation deep information um, episode now, now hold on just a second here Ryan you and I both know how enormous the audience is that listens to this show are you are you trying to use this platform to siphon off some of the audience from weekend update to get to go over and listen to your own show is that what you're doing here shamelessly shamelessly all right i just wanted to clarify that i'm cool with that oh i'll reciprocate with my massive audience okay sweet yeah, the good old weekend update. W E U for the insiders. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, um, this was a this was a really good episode, actually. I'm glad. Yeah, we ended up on a crazy UFO report. Yeah, I'm glad that it took that left turn because because uh, the Trudeau stuff was starting to get really boring. So. Oh, politics is way boring. Oh, crazy. All right, well, now you got me looking up UFO shit. Good. See, this is why I stopped, this is part of why I stopped paying attention to the news in the first place, was because when you pay attention to the news, you, like I said in the first episode, you constantly feel like the earth is on the verge of something, you know? 
And now I'm right back in it. I'm like, holy fuck, there's UFOs come in. They're meeting up with underwater UFOs. That was crazy. So, That's a crazy report. The whole, that, yeah. Yeah, and like fucking, fucking underwater. Sa- Sausage Street is being renamed. Like, fuck. <laughs> Man. What is this? What is this size, worldwide seismic event? I'm telling you, that was brushed off. The whole mainstream has brushed that off. Like, wow, that was weird. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's a harbinger of doom. Yes, I agree. Hmm. Okay. Well, you've yeah, I mean, you've given me uh, lots to think about over the next week. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well. If we're here next week. If we're here next week, folks, uh, we yeah. will uh, we'll do this again. How's that? Perhaps the entire Great Lakes Basin will collapse into the earth and hmm. we're flooded and we're gone. There but unless go. that happens, we'll be back. All right. Sounds good, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, talk to you next week. Right on. Peace. Goodbye. Peace. Peace.